Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not so favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So John. Yeah. When you go to the zoo, I don't know last time you've been to a zoo, but when you go to the zoo, is there an animal that you think, yep, this, that's, that's where I want to make sure that we swing by this enclosure and see that animal? Yeah. You, you know, this will sound suspect, but I love seeing the bears <laughs> when I go to a zoo. The, the polar bears, the grizzly bears, the brown bears, I love seeing the bears. Well, and I love I loved the tigers. But yeah. The trick with the tigers is that you're never sure you're going to see them because they kind of hide yeah. depending on the enclosures. But but I also actually am a big fan of bears. Especially when they're awake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as they're not the, the depressed ones that are like, they're in a... Just like, pacing. Yeah, they're yeah. just pacing. Like, oh, time to move on. <laughs> right. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that bear goes me and they, they find a new home for it. But, right. But of course, the reason we have to talk about zoos and bears, mm-hmm. as we suspect, is that today we're talking about Help, It's the Hair Bear Bunch, a yeah. 1970s cartoon by Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, it's good to get back to a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, because the Brady kids, I'm still freshly <laughs> offended by the Brady kids. <laughs> now I'm all upset again. You mentioned them, and now I'm, I'm back, to, back to Surly. But uh, no, so, so it, this is going to be an interesting one, because... Mm-hmm. Because uh, normally what we do, we start with a history, and, and we'll do a history, but Help It's the Hair Bear Bunch does not have an elaborate history mm-hmm. to really dig into. Yeah. But actually, because it doesn't have a long history, that's kind of where the history lesson is for this one. Because So, so we've talked about previously, Hanna-Barbera, they were the Goliath of the Saturday morning cartoons. They, especially through the 70s, they were... Most of the hits came through their studio, and more than seventy percent of all cartoons came from their studio wow. through this at one point. But and that was on the major networks, of course. So you had three three networks to choose from, and Hanna Barbera basically ruled all of them on Saturday mornings. Yeah. So and when you're cranking out that much content, you know not everything's going to be great. Yep, not everyone's um, going to be good, and not everything's going to be a level ever. Yeah, and they're not all going to be unique. Yeah, uh, and. and Kind of we to, need to produce some off-brand cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> we need something. Look, we we need more. We need more. What else? And what what's something that we know that if we pitch it, the studio is going to go after? When you're keeping up with the demand from the studios, sometimes you go back to that trusted formula, whether it's a character or a um, kind of plot device, whatever it is. You go back, and if as long as you name check, you know what the previous one is, the studio is yeah. like, oh, like Scooby Doo, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, okay, let's let's go ahead. We'll we'll order a season of that. Well, that makes sense. And, and I mentioned Scooby Doo because there's no better example of that. When we talked about the Scooby, when we did the Scooby Doo episode, yeah. there were eleven different Scooby Doo knockoffs over the course of ten years from the Hanna Barbera studio. Uh, that's you know that's the teen mystery with teen mystery solvers and a some kind of goofy sidekick and there yep. was i mean every year they yeah, did that was more than that worked year, and more yeah. than every year and and the studios kept buying it mm-hmm. like okay yeah we'll do it and then it would yeah. run a year and then it would get pitched and then they threw another one right. like okay yeah let's try that <laughs> i mean it's kind of like part of it's trying to hit lightning in the bottle because sometimes you know, when the formula is as good as it is like scooby-doo it lasts for 50 plus years yeah and you know maybe maybe it'll work again you know, in yeah. all these cases, it didn't, but, you know, you got to keep trying. So when they would pitch ideas to the networks, all they had to do was say, hey, just remember when we did this? 
We're going to do that again, but we're going to put it in this situation. It'll be a little different. Yeah, but we're we're going to we're going to put here's the twist, and then okay, yeah, let's let's do a, let's do a sixteen episodes and we'll, or thirteen episodes, and we'll put it on for a season, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, you know, the real value of those to the studio is like, look, it's keeping our bills paid. Right. The lights are on. We can keep making these, and it gives us more time to work on these unique ideas or something that's yeah. you know develop something different. But yeah, we still got we still got to pay all these artists. It's like small baseball, you know. It's like not every hit one needs to be a home run. Exactly. You know, we need a couple of base <laughs> hits here and there. <laughs> yeah, we if we can't keep the lights on, it doesn't do us any yeah. good. To, to Everything else big. is mute. Yeah, yeah. So, so help us the hair bear bunch was one of those reheated formulas. They took their influence from one of Hanna Barbera's biggest hits from the 1950s, which is Yogi Bear. Yeah, there's a bit of Top Cat in there too, kind of like the gang kind of. Yeah, right, a little bit of the, the streetwise component, but really, this is a two bears in, in Yogi Bear kind of running of muck uh, sure. of Jellystone Park of the Ranger, and here it's three bears running amok in the Wonderland Zoo under the watchful eye of the zookeeper. Yeah, or and somewhat his watchful, yeah, yeah, somewhat watchful eye. Right. <laughs> they have their formula. The CBS says, "Sure, let's do it. Go ahead." And um, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, kind of those Goliaths of the studio, they put help. It's the Hair Bear Bunch together and it debuts on cbs on september 11th in 1971 so it was originally created with the working title of the yo-yo bears i don't know why they'd probably just like oh let's just put a name out there sounds too close it. to yogi bear <laughs> yeah it might be yeah there's yeah. like that was maybe where the name came from probably it's like, yeah, yeah. just like it's just the working title it was never meant to be the actual final title so it follows that the misadventures of three bears in the Wonderland Zoo, and they regularly sneak out and have you know, various experiences, whether they're going to a concert or it's a get-rich scheme, sure. get-rich-quick scheme. And it's all, you know... To, or just to get out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They just kind of want to do something different, and it's all much to the chagrin of the zookeeper, Eustace Peevely. Right. And uh, Who's he's always under the thumb of the supervisor. Yeah. Or the, superintendent. The, the superintendent. Yeah, he's always afraid of the, what is the superintendent going to think. And, yeah. and Peevely is sometimes getting help, sometimes being undercut by his bumbling assistant, Lionel Botch. Yeah. Who is... Which is a great name for <laughs> Botch. Someone who's going to botch things yeah. up. He, he lived up to his name in pursuit of a, uh, his ever-elusive uh, promotion. Promotion. Ooh, 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 ooh. Did I get a promotion? But we never find out what the promotion is. No. 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 He just wants it. There's threats, I'll promote you out of the zoo, but that's, <laughs> that's not quite what he's looking for. But So the dynamic between the bears and the zookeepers, um, it's loosely modeled also after the old Phil Silver show on CBS. Mm-hmm. And um, you may know that show better by the name Sergeant Bilko. Sergeant Bilko, yeah. So, yeah, Sergeant Bilko in that is always looking for get-rich-quick scheme, and mm-hmm. kind of the lieutenant is kind of the... Eustace, uh, Eustace Peevely yeah. in that, like trying to always frustrated and they're always kind of right. putting heads. Well-meaning antagonist. Yes. Hey, look, I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of borrowing from Yogi Bear, the kind of the storylines pull from the, the Phil Silver show. So they're taking two very well-known and established properties and turning them into this cartoon yeah. with the hope of success. Um, and of course, to... to you know, you're going to make the Yogi Bear story modern, or modern for 1972. Right. So the bears live in a cave, but it's a very hip and modern cave. It's yeah. a, uh, it's got stylish furniture. They've got Murphy beds. They have an oven, a pool table. Yeah, television. Yeah, all kinds of yeah. electronics. And then it could all be hidden with 
the flip of a switch so that Peevely is none the wiser, that they're living in this luxury. And he, every sure. time he comes in, you see three it's rugs. It's just a cave. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a, a cave with three rugs on the floor. Right. So he's, he thinks it. No, they're, they're fine. They're bears. They don't sure. need anything. Yeah. And they're living otherwise. Of course, you know, they also look different. So, you know, the idea for that was to, they want to be main, Hanna-Barbera's idea is like, well, we want them to look more mainstream. They want yeah. them to like what the fads at the time. So yeah. Hair Bear is walking around in, a, in an orange vest and he's got a big afro. Yeah. He kind of looks, of, it almost looks like a lion's mane. It does. Yeah. Because it's blonde and it, and they dress like the anti-culture of the times, you know, like yeah. the, they don't care what people think of them and they're going to look this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Yeah, he's got that, and then the, then you have the two other bears. You have Booby, who's a little fast talking bear, and then you have, and he wears a, I think a striped shirt. Yeah, and then you have Square Bear, who's a, kind of the big muscle of the group, big tall bear. He's yeah. got a, like the bucket head with the flowers on it. Sure, they are all dressed. A little you bit never different. see his eyes; his no. head's pulled down really. Yeah, low. and then when he takes the hat, the hat off, it's like and then it's like hair, this hairy right. fur kind of covers his eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But so yeah, it's got like again a, a modern twist on this on the Yogi Bear uh, mythos. So, and then being in a zoo, you also have other other creatures that you you're going to interact with. There are, um, I believe, I think we counted nine other animals. We'll get to them yeah. when we get to the characters, right. right? So, and they all have various levels of interaction with them. But essentially, Hair Bear among the animals is the leader, the leader of the zoo. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got all the big ideas, and they right. tend to follow along, even though they don't always work out they don't work and they don't know why they're following along yeah. they just follow along. <laughs> even the lion who yeah he's should like, be oh, the he, king well he can't talk about how he's the king except yeah. but the, the, you know the running joke with that which is funny he's like well except don't tell my wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> i loved that <laughs> one of the other kind of lasting things about this was the the official theme song which was written by hoyt Curtin, which is help it's the hair bear bunch and it's it's very recognizable if you've heard it before it's 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 a very catchy little you know tune and i remember that from being younger and I, it, yeah I kind of like, yeah it's, it's yeah. a it's a fun it's a good theme song uh-huh. cartoon it's yeah, nice it's catchy what's notable about this is that you know, most of the hanna-barbera Barbera cartoons when you watch them like you hear the same music running through the music bed is the same like mm-hmm. when you listen to scooby-doo you hear this music and you will hear that through all these other cartoons yeah and it's just like you don't realize it until after like oh why do i recognize that sure ha- uh hair bear bunch had its own compositions throughout so this is they this was not they didn't this and its own laugh track right there is a laugh track yeah, yeah. so they they didn't it, it was a reheated idea but they they clearly invested into this kind of thinking okay we think we've got something here we've got a good idea we know the Yogi Bear thing works. The animals and the, and, you know, this is this is something that could really work. So they they you know the animation is crisp and looks good. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then the music, obviously they invest in the music. So they yeah. they were not playing this off as a this is a one off. We're just filling time. This is something that we think may really catch on. Right, they're really trying. Yeah, and then the show only lasted sixteen episodes. <laughs> so after one season right which was enough to get him into syndication yeah and, well and at that time yeah at that time and then cbs canceled it because you know in 1974 it doesn't really click with a young audience when you're trying to model yourself after a show from 1955 mm-hmm. called the phil silver show yeah the kids aren't really they're not hip to that 20 they're, years is a long time yeah it's it's not working anymore you know it's like great those are old re, kind of warmed over ideas yeah and that that was CBS's take on it, and so uh, it got the axe. It it didn't didn't survive. But the Hair Bear Bunch did have a small resurgence in 1984 when it 
reappeared on cable. I don't know if you remember. I remember watching the, the USA Network, the USA Cartoon Express on weekday afternoons, where a lot of these old Hanna-Barbera, particularly the cartoons, would come back. But that's it got a resurgence, and actually suddenly um, a whole new generation of kids actually became aware of this. All of 16 episodes, but it kind of... Found it again. Yeah, it, yeah. it got, a, got a little bit of a cult following here. Cool. At the same time that the show came out, Hanna-Barbera, as they would do, they kind of sold out the license to to sell comic books and merchandise it a little bit. So they, they got a series of 13 comic books put out by Gold Key Comics. Those were mostly original stories. Uh, there's a couple that were just adapted from the TV episodes. But, sure. you know, in the comics, the the antagonism between Hair Bear and Peevely is played down a lot. There's actually a bit more of a partnership, so they have a softer antagonism. Yeah. And there's at points where um, the I think there's one story where the we have Peevely trying to figure out where since the bears do return to the zoo, they're like, oh well, we'll just give them weekend passes instead. Like, fine, your guys are gonna go away. Yeah. We're not gonna keep chasing. You just, just go. We know you'll but come you gotta back. come back. Yeah. yeah, you just gotta make sure you come back. So it's like you know, it's just a little easier on everybody. Right. So, so kind of changes that whole dynamic well, then of the show a little get bit. Some rest. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, I mean, th- like I said, there's not a lot of history to this. No. I mean, for a, a one one season shop. It did leave a at least a small mark. Well, it seemed to me like Hanna-Barbera got to a point where they could do that. They could produce a hit with not a lot of effort, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, hey, we know this is going to work. It's going to be like the Yogi Show, which was good, but we're going to update it a little bit. We're going to bring in some other things. We're going to spend some money on the music and voila. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, and, and you can tell when you watch when you go back and watch different episodes. I mean, well, not just episodes, but different cartoons. So when we watch Brady Kids, yeah, the animation on that is terrible. It's awful. It's awful. But there are other filmation projects at the same time that came out from the same time that looked that, that looked brilliant. Yeah, and this is another case of that. So this is this is one they clearly invested in. They, yeah. The animation on this is really bright and crisp. There's no glaring errors. Like I mean, you see, yeah. even even with Scooby Doo, which they were investing time in. You know, errors slip through. You know, somebody's you know somebody's hair gets colored wrong for a couple frames. Yeah, or, um, there was there was none of this. This was this looked like top of the line animation. Yeah, I remember I saw a blonde Shaggy once. <laughs> Wait, did I just see? Yep, I did. But in this one, there wasn't a lot of a lot of things that I caught. The animation was good. Like the backgrounds were good, and the the zoo enclosures were consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, the background images were consistent. Yeah, I thought, I agree with you. I think they did a great job with this mm-hmm. one. You know, we had the five main characters. We have Hair Bear, Booby, and Square Bear, mm-hmm. and Mr. Eustace P. Peevely, and Botch, mm-hmm. who's the, you know, main five. And then there are other animals in the zoo. There's Funbo, the elephant. Mm-hmm. There's the lion we talked about. Four Face the Lion. Yeah. yeah. There's the giraffe. What was the giraffe's name? Uh, there was, there was, um, Bananas, the gorilla. Bananas, the gorilla. Well, of had course, a, and there, there are three gorillas, because then there's also Arnie and Gloria. There's a whole episode. Gloria, and Bananas is in love with Gloria. Well, there's, well, there's Arnie, the gorilla, too. So, Arnie, there's a whole storyline about yeah. Arnie being in love with, with Gloria. And, <laughs> yeah, and then you have, uh, Slicks, who's the fox. Yep. And Hippie, the hippo, they clearly did yeah, not invest. They didn't try hard on that name. 
And, then, and of course, then the, the very uh, unique Pipsqueak the mouse. Sure. <laughs> and the last one that, that actually had speaking lines was Beaks the Pelican. The Pelican, yeah. yeah. Like a very brief appearance, but enough yeah. that he got a name. Right. So, Well, he was involved in the car wash when they were trying yeah. to wash that thing off of, uh, of the gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good voice actors in this one. Though, for sure, Hair Bear, voiced by Dawes Butler. Mm-hmm. We keep coming back to him. He's great. Yeah. He was Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw McGraw, Snagglepuss, Jinx the Cat, Wally Gator, Elroy Jetson, um, which I was surprised to find that out. I didn't, I didn't put that yeah. together in the past. He was also Captain Crunch in the cereal oh, really? commercials. Yeah, yeah, he was Captain Crunch. And he was Yogi Bear. Yes. And when I was watching this, it was really hard for me to separate hair from yogi because they sound almost exactly the same it's just a little bit of a different vocabulary but if you close your eyes you could guess that's yogi bear yeah if you put him in a national park instead of a zoo yeah it's yogi it's, bear. it's yeah it's yogi bear with, yeah. with two sidekicks instead of one well and when he was yogi bear when das butler was yogi bear he worked with the voice of boo boo and ranger smith that was the same voice actor by the name of Don Messick. Mm-hmm. So he worked with Don Messick on Yogi. You know, I, what I learned about Dawes going through this, I found some new information I didn't know about. Um, it, late in his career, he trained other voice actors about how to use facial expression and physical movement when you're creating the sound mm-hmm. to give it more authenticity. So he was training other actors how to be voice actors. Um, and one of his best students was Nancy Cartwright who, of course, is Bart Simpson, which is the longest-running cartoon in the history of the universe and probably will be um, forever. He, at his height in his career, had over 40 characters under his belt. When he passed away, it took seven people to replace all the voices that he had been doing at that time. Square Bear was voiced by William Calloway. Um, He was Clumsy Smurf. He was uh, Beachhead in G.I. Joe. A lot of other voices on G.I. Joe. Um, he worked with Christopher Collins on G.I. Joe, who was Cobra Commander. Also worked with Frank Welker and Peter Cullen <laughs> on uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, Booby Bear was uh, voiced by Paul Winchell. Paul Winchell's got an amazing background. It's unbelievable. I read all this. I'm like, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> I had to go find other sources to make sure I wasn't being trolled. So he was most famous for being a ventriloquist which he was a phenomenal ventriloquist because I watched all these cartoons and I never saw Paul's lips move. (laughs) (laughs) He invented one of my favorite character voices of all times. He was the original Tigger from Mm. Winnie the Pooh, which Tigger's just great. He's one of my favorite cartoon characters. I love Tigger. Um, But that voice is very unique and long-lasting, still being um, used today. Um, He did all the Disney movies um, as Tigger. So naturally, as a voice actor, talented as Paul Winchell is, you're also capable of lots of other things, apparently. He was one of the inventors of the original artificial heart. Oh, <laughs> interesting. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, that's the one I looked. I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> so you're a ventriloquist. You're doing cartoons. And on the side, you're inventing life-saving medical devices. <laughs> oh, by the way. Well, by the way, I got this other thing I need to do. Here's a heart. He also... Um, invented the first battery-powered car. And apparently he was into aquaculture, and he was a world-renowned breeder of tilapia. 
Well, as, as you as you do, right? As you yeah. do, yeah. You know, what do you do? Oh, I'm a cartoon actor, and I invented the artificial heart, and I've got a, this battery-powered car thing might catch on in 40 years, um, and I'm big into fish. Yeah, you too. guys hungry for some yeah. fish? You want some tilapia? I got, I got a whole bunch. Um, but very successful career in that. Yeah, Renaissance man. Yes, for sure. John Stevenson played Mr. Eustace P. Peevely. Um, he was on Transformers. He was Thundercracker in Transformers. Of course, on Transformers, he worked with Peter Cullen and, you guessed it, Frank Welker. Also with Christopher Collins. John Stevenson was also um, Professor Charles Xavier in X-Men and General Flagg on G.I. Joe. So, I mean, these guys have got huge resumes. They got all these guys together. Botch. Let's talk about Botch. (laughs) Botch is awesome. Botch was voiced by Joe Ross, most recognizable as Officer Gunther Tootie on Car 54, where are you? I got to say it like this. Car 54, where are you? He was also on a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, short-lived, called Hey, It's the King, um, was on CB Bears, which was like a little mini-series they did, um, where he worked with Don Messick. Um, and you heard me say it before, Botch's catchphrase on Car 54, mm-hmm. Joe Ross's catchphrase on Car 54 was, ooh, ooh. Ooh. And he used that constantly in this one, yes. too. You know, yeah. ooh, ooh, is this when I get my promotion? Ooh, ooh, um, Mr. Peevely. Yeah, ooh, ooh, <laughs> Mr. Peevely, is this when I get my promotion? <laughs> so it, it's funny because it's he's almost the same character yeah, it's, on both shows. Yeah, that 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 shtick, he made a, he made a career out of that shtick. Yeah, Just it worked for little, him. Ooh, ooh, kind of that slightly, <laughs> slightly bumbling kind mm-hmm. of... Yeah. And when you look at... Him in person, you know, in Car 54, he's kind of this stocky guy, kind of this vacuous look on his face. Like, he's not really sure what's going on, but he's just there to enjoy it and try to help as best he can, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Botch is in this Hair Bear Bunch, yeah. um, which I really enjoyed. I, I just, I loved that character. And in the cartoon, he's really big. You yeah. know, he's kind of the big dumb oaf. Um, but he means well. Yeah. And he's just like lovable. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody must love Botch because why else would you keep him around <laughs> for one? Um, well, and he's nice and he clearly has a, a good working relationship with the animals, even though they, they don't necessarily, they know he's an idiot. And they right. know they can pull one over on him, but I mean, he's so... But know, they're respectful yeah, to yeah, him. You know, they're yeah. not like come out to destroy him. Yeah, but they're they not just, mean to him or anything. No, they're not. Just kind of they have plenty of opportunity yeah. to and they just... And you so get like, the sense if it wasn't for Peevely, he'd probably be fine with whatever they're doing. Like, okay, yeah, great. Right, yeah, okay. You guys go have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will you pick me up a cheeseburger yeah. on the way back? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, he was my favorite character in the whole cartoon. I just I had a blast. You know, you loaned me the, well, you borrowed the DVDs from the library mm-hmm. here. And I watched them all on DVD because I couldn't find it anywhere else, you know. Which I did return, and I thought it returned late, but you renewed it. Yeah, wait, I got, I had you covered. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw this, ooh, seven-day rental. I'm like, ooh, Robert's going to have to pay like 50 cents in fines. <laughs> I was going to pony up the money to cover the fine, but... Uh, I know where you live. It's okay. Yeah. So. I didn't want Bookman the library cop coming after you. <laughs> so all these characters, all these these main, those five, five main actors um, have huge resumes, mm-hmm. wildly successful. Um all connected to all the big names. Um, but then when I, you know, they all worked with Don Messick on other projects, you know. And then I'm watching the DVDs and the credits, additional voices, I see Don Messick's name. Hmm. So Don Messick worked 
and Hair Bear Bunch with Dawes Butler, William Calloway, Paul Winchell, John Stevenson, and Joe Ross. <laughs> so I tied Don Messick back it to all, all these It all comes guys. back to Don Messick it one does. way or another. Yeah, it has it to. Does. We need to draw a chart where Don, you know, the many... Like he's, he's like the sun. Yeah, <laughs> all these other actors just in his orbit. Right. It'll look like the family tree from Game of Thrones. You know, you don't you read it four times and you still don't understand. But Don Messick's in the middle of all yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I get the Don Messick part, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and it's 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 funny when you look at that because so Dawes Butler and uh, so he voiced Hair Bear, but he also actually voiced uh, Furface the Lion. Yeah, actually, he part sometimes he did Furface Lion. Uh, Paul Winchell actually did some of the. Oh, I didn't know that. Depending on the episode, he would actually do. He did the voice of Furface as well. Um, Dawes Butler also did Bananas the Gorilla. Oh yeah, yeah. So That's he, a great voice. Yeah, too. <laughs> kind of a, kind of an up and down voice, but it, yeah. yeah, it's good. And I did want to make a point about when you talk about Stevenson coming on as Peevely, he was not the first choice to be Peevely. They when they created the role. Barbara had the idea of well, what about oh, yeah, Joe Flynn, good. yeah, who uh, kind of played basically the similar character in McHale's Navy, the uh, Captain uh, Binghamton from that show, and so they brought Joe Flynn in and like, hey, read this part, and they're just completely underwhelmed by him. And like, well, yeah. okay, that's not great. So they have Stevenson come in, and we're like, well, that's great, that's Joe Flynn. But Joe Flynn didn't sound enough like Joe Flynn, so Stevenson's <laughs> going to be it. So it's like they, they credit for this guy, and he's like he couldn't he yeah. couldn't do it. We need the discount Joe Flynn because yeah. the real Joe Flynn isn't good enough. For Give us Joe an imitation Flynn. Joe Flynn, perfect, nailed it. That's it. That's what. We need. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Yeah, I just thought that was Love so that. funny that they like you, you never know. You can create it for a guy, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't out, come but, out. Yeah, but in this case, I mean, yeah, I mean Stevenson did a great job with Peely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was funny. Because um, he's kind of the straight man, you mm-hmm. know, gets a little frustrated. But he's exasperated by everybody. Yes. And he's, just worn, like, he's just constantly worn down. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Even when things worked out with it for him, he's just like, I don't know to be happy or angry. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I have no control over what just happened, but it wound up being fine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and part of it's because of dealing with the bears. Part of it's just because Botch is there and Botch is going to screw something up it's, yeah. like, it's like he's responsible for the animals and also for botch yeah and, and it's it's funny because you think it, it reading it it just sounds like well that's kind of a stupid idea but it worked they they did it so well because yeah. botch's habit was always to like peevely would say something and like yeah you bears do this it's like he'd repeat whatever people he said and people's like botch i guess <laughs> If, if uh, what was it? If I wanted an echo, I would have hired the Grand Canyon. Yes, <laughs> just like he's just like constantly like oh, just stop. He's got some you know some joke for it all the time, and it's just yeah. like his exasperation comes out, and it, it comes out in different ways. But it's always so funny. It's just like really, really clever the way they write it. Yeah, it's there, it's almost like he's his little brother, and he just like a tag along. There's nothing he can do about it. He's here. He's going to annoy me, and sometimes he he would a PV would look at Botch just like. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what I'm trying to do. Uh, yeah, it was super fun. Well-written, great actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some favorite episodes. Do you want to talk about some of the episodes? Absolutely. And I found a big plot hole that oh, I want your nice. I want your opinion on. Nice. So, you know, the, the general premise, is, as we talked about, are these three bears. They want to come and go as they please which normally they do, but they've got to sneak out way. 
Um, they find a tunnel, they fly out, use balloons, distract Peevely and just walk out. Or they jump on this invisible motorcycle yeah. that Square Bear can conjure, which I first couple times I saw it, I'm like, well, that sucks. That's dumb. <laughs> but then you get to love it. Like, this is great. Because it's, it's just so random. He, yeah. he just jumps up in the middle of the air, lands on this invisible thing, kicks his foot down, and goes. And, yes. like, and they all, the two of them just hop yeah. on and ride <laughs> It's just hilarious. It just the, yeah, like you know, the first couple times you're like, oh, that's lame. Yeah, but then it's like, I love it. Yeah. Every time they get on the motorcycle, I go, yes. Here's the motorcycle, the invisible three person motorcycle, which apparently they carry with them wherever they go. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's invisible, so yeah, kinda, it just it's apparently light too. Just show so. up, yeah, <laughs> very light. A uh, couple of episodes that that I loved. I loved episode. Um, 11 with the closed circuit television. So they're supposed to put cameras in mm-hmm. the cave to keep an eye on them. But the bears trick them into thinking the camera's upside down by standing on their heads. And then they move their mouths without making any noise so that uh, Peevely thinks the sound isn't working. Um, and that all backfires. Uh, but then they start playing music and they're really good. And other people hear their music and a bunch of people show up and want to sign the hair bears. Yeah. To a contract. Yeah, it goes from being a, a, a closed circuit to they actually they broadcast a television show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was great. Yeah. And people loved them. And then PV sees, oh, there's an opportunity for me here. So he becomes, he tries to become their manager. And it reminded me of the scene in That Thing You Do where the manager's in the van just, here, we're going to sign this because you, we're going to be a band now. Um, but he... He gets them. He gets the hair bears to sign him as his manager by threatening to send them to the North Woods if they don't sign. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're signing because we don't want to go to the North Woods. That episode was a riot. The whole idea that they knew the cameras were there, <laughs> they were screwing with them on the camera, um, <laughs> and then they become this sensation on actual television. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's one of the, the few episodes where. So you you mentioned the the zoo superintendent really early on so um john stevenson voiced him as well yeah so he makes an appearance in this one. yeah he does because he discovers that they're on tv and happens to tune in when they on the the day that they talk peevely into doing imitations doing yeah you know, imitation of the superintendent, the superintendent. <laughs> and that's like the generally the superintendent when he shows up it shows up at the end and generally whatever madcap adventure has gone on it, it works out in everybody's favor because the superintendent like oh this is great i'm so glad you know peevely gets accommodation and yep. the the bear and peevely doesn't like well okay i don't know if i should punish the bears or just like okay i i, yeah, I don't know <laughs> yeah. and this is one of the few episodes i this may be the only episode where where um whatever the bears did ended up resulting in peevely getting in trouble yeah because because he was imitating the superintendent, <laughs> in our, the superintendent shows up and takes him away, presumably to punish him. Yeah, he was imitating his boss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the only time where you ever see the that kind of you know negative interaction. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's always just kind of um, you know he's he's congratulating him for doing something. Right. And people's like, oh, okay. He, th- he thought he's in trouble, but yeah. he's like, oh, oh no, no, no. This is great for the zoo. The great publicity for the zoo. Sure. Great job, people. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> And of course, Hair Bear being the smart one, 
always when he's he's quick before anything can happen, he's like, oh, superintendent, do you see what Mr. Peevely did? Yeah, he's giving the credit to Mr. Peevely. he gives him the credit, so yeah. he kind of avoids getting you know, in trouble. trouble. You yeah. can't punish me now. I just <laughs> gave you the credit, you know. I just got you accommodation from your boss. Yeah, and that's where the that Peevely frustration comes in. Like, Come on, I had you captured, and now you've turned it and made it good for me, and now... No, I have yeah, to congratulate. Yeah, I have no, to reward no. you now. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun. Episode 7, I'll zoo you later, that's yeah. when they escape and they wind up in a cabin in the National Forest and find out that it's a hideout for two bank robbers. I mean, the bank robbers are awesome. I mean, they come in and they're like the gangsters from the 20s. You know, there's like, he reminded me of, um, I won't know his name, but the gangster always showed up in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. I know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the saying, 20s yeah. with the zoot suit and the hat pulled way down mm-hmm. low and the cigarette hanging out. I'd swear it was him. You know, it was just they stole him or whatever who stole who, but it was that guy. Yeah. And then his big dumb oaf partner in crime um, are in this cabin and the bears are hiding, pretending to be a bear rug, pretending to be the picture on the wall and the lamp. lamp. (laughs) And they start hiding the money because the cops are coming, so they're shoving it in the mouth of the bear that's pretending, her hair bear is pretending to be a bear skin rug. (laughs) I just laughed out loud because I just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) And then episode 12, uh, I loved episode 12 too, where they fake an injury, the bear who came to dinner uh, to evade being sent to the National Forest. Um, and Square Bear recuperates in Mr. Peevely's house so he doesn't get in trouble with the zoo superintendent. Like, why is this bear injured? Yeah. So he takes him away from the zoo. Uh, but then Mr. Peevely finds out what's going on and tries to expose his his fake injury. Um, the There's just the idea of like, oh, I'll just take this bear home while it recuperates. <laughs> you know, I worked at an association of zoos and aquariums accredited facility for a long time. And... The stuff that went on in this zoo made me laugh because I'm like, oh, there's no way that could ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever happen. But it, so it gave me a little different experience watching the craziness that was going on um, with these animals and really um, just made me smile. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, oh, that must be what a zoo is like. <laughs> well, I love the, uh, I, I like those episodes, the, the ones that really stuck out to me. So, the actually, I like the idea of the. I thought they did a good job of setting the the whole tone of the series in the very first episode, where they uh, it's keep your keeper, where they they drive Peevely away, they get him to go on a vacation, oh, uh, yes. indefinite vacation. Yeah, they give him a disease, right? He's yeah, they make like, they make him think he has a disease. Yeah, so he's seeing bears everywhere, and sure. so just kind of and he's got polka dots or something. Yeah, yeah. so he, he disappears. So he goes off, and he gets replaced by this giant muscular guy um called mr grunch yeah. and he is he is like just a drill he's sergeant. a drill sergeant yeah. and he is just like all right having none of it yeah and so suddenly they realize <laughs> that hope they actually didn't have a bad this deal may with, have been a mistake yeah <laughs> so they have to go back and try and well he had zoolirium yes that was the it. disease that came up <laughs> zoolirium and he needed to take what six months six off months off yeah. yeah so he goes off to like this resort and lay on a beach and he loves it yeah yeah but what i love about Peevely is he goes to the beach, he's still wearing his same zoo. He's yes. still wearing his zoo. Everywhere he goes, no matter what, he's wearing the zookeeper off. Right. He's, Even laying on the beach. He can't let it go. No. <laughs> but yeah. but but I love the character that the whole the, the dynamic with Grunch and just how like, yeah. kind of the way they're animated, like they're like, oh, oh this, this, is, yeah, like, this isn't a good one. 
Well, then they convince Peevely that he's got another disease for being on vacation too long, and then he needs to come back to yeah, work. No, he misses the he misses the zoo. He misses the zoo so much. Back. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, and and he does. And of course, then they do enough to make Grunch look like a moron. Sure. And to the superintendent, so the to superintendent is eager to bring Peevely back. Yeah, let's yeah. get this guy fired. Yeah. This is so. this is not working out for us. But it's just it was kind of you know it was a really really good way to kind of set up. The series going forward with you know that dy- really establishing that dynamic between the bears and Peevely. yeah, and kind of and really letting that yeah, kind of it's play almost out a symbiotic you. relationship with these two. Like, hey, Peevely kind of lets us get away with what we want to do, yeah. but we'll follow some of his rules, make sure he doesn't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another one that I really liked was the the fourth episode, which is Bridal Boo Boo. Part of the ridiculousness of this is what I liked about it, which is the oh yeah the the bears decide well Peevely would be better if he he'd be happier if he had a wife yes so let's just get him a woman he spent less time <laughs> focusing on us if he had a woman to deal with get him a woman so they actually uh, create a profile and send him onto it put him onto a dating yeah. uh, site and. This woman shows up who basically looks like a female botch. Yes. It's <laughs> just big, huge, and kind of like very bossy woman shows up. Yeah. And it's like, you peevely? <laughs> and he's like, what? And it's like, all right, you look different than your picture, but okay. And she's like, we're going to get married on Saturday. And in the meantime, she's moving in and she's like, she's going to take over the zoo. And of course, kind of like, kind of like the... A little bit like grunch, yeah. you know, like this big, really intimidating woman shows up and she's Stout like, out woman. And she is bousing the bears, all the animals around. They're like, no, what's <laughs> happening? And, and Peevely just is kind of, I, well, he, what's going on? He doesn't, and he's like, okay, yeah. Well, uh, he's like intimidated by her. He's like, <laughs> just the, the whole ridiculousness of this, this woman. She's like, all right. She's like, I think the first thing she does, she's like, she names the date and then she's like, I'm putting curtains up in the window. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> <laughs> she has all the animals line up, and so she yeah. starts dressing. You know, and Peevely's just up. helpless, and he's just kind of like following her around, like all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's funny. It's just like this. I mean, she really looks like a female botch. Yeah, like botch with the dress and hair. Right. And, and oh, yeah, for it's, sure, it's funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and actually, one other one that I like actually is a moment that I liked, and kind of when you talk about when you talk about Paul Winchell doing uh, the voice of uh, Booby Bear. He so Paul Winchell being the ventriloquist, mm-hmm. one of his characters was he kind of spoke this gibberish. He, yeah. would, he would kind of speak quickly and kind of you didn't hear he, every word. Yeah, you know? and, and he didn't say every word. He would actually just kind of kind of make him sound like he was saying a lot. He would just kind of say this gobbledygook. Yeah, and which so is he, hard to do. Yeah, and he brought that over into the Booby Bear character. And at times, it I thought it worked really well. Um, I don't think it worked all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of felt like it got old here and there, but um, when he was doing that, though, it seemed to me like Booby was the one who had a good head on his shoulders, mm-hmm. even though he was speaking gibberish. It was like he's calm and collected, and yeah. I think he makes sense. <laughs> well, <and laughs> I then, don't know what he said, but I agree with it. <laughs> and that's just it. It was the uh, the episode the the bear who came to dinner, which was uh, episode uh, twelve. During that. Uh, he so Booby pleads the, the bear's case that Square Bear needs to stay in the main office after yeah. and because he he re, he cites the uh, the case of the 1898 of Grizz L Bear versus Timbuk Zoo, <laughs> and the way the way he said it is he's like where the tray fell on his back and the zookeeper and he and he's kind of saying all this and they krilled him threw away the key and he's like of course he's singing this kind of like this kind of slightly you know voice and he's kind of adding this 
gobbledygook in between. Sure. So he's saying, it sounds like he's saying all this really a important stuff. stuff. And he's clearly making it up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's garbled, but it's enough that, as you said, it sounds like he sounds competent, like he knows. And they're like, oh, Oh, okay. It well, just sounds confident. Yeah, if there's a legal case involved, then we probably should should just kind of yeah. follow along. So let's listen to the bear. So yeah, so they, as a character trait, they use that to kind of move the plot along when they need to. And like, okay, just kind of get people on board. Like when they're trying to get the other animals on board. He's like, yeah. right? Isn't that right, Bobby? And then Bobby was like, well, and yeah. He, again, he kind it. of <laughs> kind of give this long, yeah, nonsense explainer, and then everybody's just kind of. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to sound like they don't. They're, like, they're stupid. They don't understand him. Sure. Even yeah. though none of them understand him because right. he's not saying anything. Because Hair Bear's the charismatic leader. You know, yeah. he's got this big plan, but you know, all the other animals don't understand it because he's this genius. Yes. So Booby would explain it in normal, you know, layman's terms, which ironically weren't terms at all. <laughs> but then they'd all buy it. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, well, right. well, Hair said it, and then well, and then he's backing it up, and I don't. I guess I don't understand it. But they're, they're both saying it's true. Then it must be true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was interesting the way they kind of kind of use it. it's yeah it's understandable. Well, and then that also um, the the no space like home where they they get in a rocket and they go up to to Mars. Yeah, and when they landed on Mars, it reminded me of the scene from A Trip to the Moon, like the first oh, yeah. movie ever. How the rocket lands like horizontally and slides <laughs> into the rock. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> But they get out and they meet these al- this race of aliens, and Booby starts speaking his gibberish, and the aliens understand him perfectly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that's their language is this gibberish, <laughs> and when they talk back, it is that gibberish. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> Maybe bears are from space. <laughs> so I mean, they I thought they made good use of that kind of that character that quirk, and yeah. again, using something that uh, that Paul Winchell did so well. That he was so um, so effective with, they just kind of like, all right, yeah, let's yeah. let's utilize that and sure. kind of help propel story arcs along. And yeah, yeah. yeah, that one was great because they elect PV as the leader. These these aliens elect him his leader, and he's sitting on the throne. And then the bears find out that they elect a new leader every day. Yeah, and they put the old leader in a glass box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> Um, and and then of course then you know Peevely's the the leader and he's like he's done with botch yeah. at this point he's like I don't need you anymore yep, and he's I'm just, the king he's just kind of like just trashing on botch and botch is like what <laughs> what happened to you and then the, the day ends and Peevely gets put in a glass box yes. and they make botch their leader and botch is like no I'm the leader. And, and, they're like, didn't you see what just happened? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm the leader now. Right. It's like, you know, that incompetence of botch. But he's like, hey, I, I got my promotion. Can, finally. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'm the leader. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, I mean, these, some of these episodes were just incredibly entertaining and fun. Yeah. And it just didn't make sense, but I didn't care <laughs> because it was entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't trying to be more than it needed to be. You no. Know, it was like, this is entertaining. We're doing this to entertain. Mm-hmm. This is a funny story or a funny situation. It almost reminded me of, you know, Seinfeld's claim to fame as a show about nothing. Mm-hmm. This is a cartoon. The very tiny bit is there are bears that like to get out of the zoo once in a while. Yeah. That's, that's how you explain the show. Yeah. But there's all these other things that go on that make it fun to watch. But there's no real plot it's a cartoon about nothing yeah i mean the, the basic premise is the same but every episode is distinctly different I yes mean, it's not like they're doing the same thing over yeah and over. they're not tying it's... plot lines together or anything it's just 
That's no, and, and they don't they don't repeat themselves. It's always something different. And I think, uh, yeah, as it turns out, I think sixteen episodes is probably the right number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they would have had to start repeating capers. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, how many different ways can you leave yeah. the zoo? I think it's. I mean, you could see it getting old if if this kept going on. Like thirty episodes yeah. of this, <laughs> yeah. like, then then it would start to be a grind. But I, I thought, yeah, this this worked really well. Well, remember that was your comment about Tom and Jerry. Is like Tom and Jerry was great, mm-hmm. but all right, enough of this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I've had too much of this yeah, already. Hundred you know? plus is, is a bit much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One episode that I, episode ten, panda pandemonium. Mm-hmm. The panda reminded me of the little pandas in the Brady Kids. It was like <laughs> this tiny little panda that could hide under a table, and it was just like, oh, it's that damn panda. From don't the- talk. Please, don't talk. Please don't, don't talk. Don't speak. Please don't talk in Chinese gibberish. Please don't. Thank God he didn't. Um, but he was headed to the St. Louis Zoo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh no, here we go. But it didn't happen, thank and, God. And he didn't fly a spaceship that looked like a golf ball, so no. we're, we're in good shape yeah. there. The, uh, one other one that I wanted to mention um, is the, actually I have a couple of them, Mark. Kling Klong versus the Masked Marvel, mm-hmm. which is, again, yeah. kind of just really ridiculous on its face. Yeah. The idea where they... They're going to win $500. Yeah. So, yeah, Hair Bear oh, hears on the radio that there's this contest of, you know, any wrestler who can defeat the Mass Marvel or can last a minute in the ring with the Mass Marvel yeah. gets five hundred dollars, and so he's like, you know, of course, Hair Bear was like, he's not going to do it, but he's going to find somebody who will. Yeah, and they look and realize that Bubble um, Bananas, the the gorilla, yeah. could do that. I mean, sure. he's a gorilla. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, who's going to beat a gorilla in a ring? Exactly. <laughs> Granted, Bananas is not very. Violent or no. aggressive or no, quite the opposite. Yeah, he's just he's of, a cuddle bear. Yeah, and he's just kind of a doofus. Yeah, he's like, oh, you want me to what now? <laughs> and so they. I'm got, glad they didn't do bear wrestling because that could have got ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to they got to train him how to be at least moderately aggressive to be able to stay in the ring with the mass marvel. Yeah, and then of course the mass marvel in the meantime gets the measles and nobody knows that but Peevely and Botch find out. Yeah. And then they they talk botch into being becomes, you become the mass marvel. Botch this big monstrous guy who again not aggressive, not, not at all. he's just yeah. kind of a big doofus. <laughs> and it ends up with the two this bub, uh, bananas. Hey, I want to keep on calling bubbles. It's yeah. like he's like at Neverland. Um, <laughs> it's uh, bananas and botch are in the ring together, and these neither mass, one of them want to be there. They're in these mask outfit, and it's just yeah, it's just it's such a silly thing. But it's yeah. I just thought it was it was actually really clever and really funny. This, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the circumstances are so ridiculous that it works. Right. That exactly. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I found a plot hole in this whole hair bear thing in episode eleven. With you talked about the closed circuit TV, mm-hmm. Peevely threatens to send them to the national forest mm-hmm. or the North Woods. Um, in episode twelve. They, the bears fake the injury so they don't have to go to the National Forest because they don't want to go there. But in Episode 7, when they escape the zoo, where do they go? The National Forest. The National Forest. Right. <laughs> like, if this is such a horrible place, <laughs> you'll do anything to avoid going there. Once you escape, that's where you go. <laughs> 
So which is it? Do you want to be in the forest or not? Well, remember they went there. They went there first before they were being threatened. They, they yeah. threatened later. Sure. And maybe it was actually after that fact that like if after we go that, back, like, no way. In fact, we're going to be threatened at gunpoint by these robbers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we won't go back there again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, it, and it, it's probably different knowing that they're going by their own volition as opposed to being forced, forced, to, forced go. to go. But. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to dart them and tag them and <laughs> ship them up to the forest. They don't want that. Yeah, it was just it was just a good cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just kind of top to bottom, it was just the animation was slick. the The voice acting was fantastic, and oh, the stories sure. were all unique and different. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just thought it was enjoyable. The one thing I thought about, you know, going through this when it was, um, you know, similar to the Phil Silver show, it kind of reminded me of Hogan's Heroes too, and McHale's Navy. You know, they're all that similar type of. You got this group of captives. They're in the zoo, or they're in the prison camp, or they're in the navy, or whatever. But it's okay because we can pull things over on our boss once in a while, and it's fine. Yeah. You know, and the boss is, you know, trying to do his best, but he's got this bumbling sidekick that you know, Colonel Clink, who's usually complicit in what what the uh, prisoners are doing, but doesn't understand that he's complicit. I just thought that was. Fun to see that kind of mm-hmm. show in cartoon, yeah. Um, which made it enjoyable because yeah. I loved the I loved Mikhail's Navy and Hogan's Heroes. Those are great shows, uh, but this reminded me of that. Yeah, what I liked about it too is that generally, especially like you look at those, those early um, animal cartoons that Hanna Barbera did, but the animal always got the upper hand. He's yeah. always like always smarter, always did you know kind of got away yes. with it in a way, and that doesn't happen here. Hair Bear like. Half the time, his schemes don't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It fails. It doesn't work. Yeah. And it's it's actually just the half time, it's Peevely's intervention that actually prevents it from going worse or like that actually saves it. It's like, oh, okay, great. Um, yeah. And you can either pan it off on Peevely and then the superintendent shows up like, great job, Peevely. Look at the all the all, all, the, <laughs> all attention the attention the zoo is getting. Yes. <laughs> and 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 Hair Bear is like, like, oh, yeah, well, it was all it was all Peevely's, Mr. Peevely's doing and yeah again that we'd mentioned earlier that that kind of exasperation but it was just kind of clever so he didn't always didn't always win and his schemes like they'd realize like the raffle they do a raffle yeah um to raffle away the the uh, ownership of the zoo i mean yeah. they to, yeah obviously not true but they right. they can you know use bobby again to convince oh yeah this can happen yeah so and they they and the hair bear fixes the raffle so that he it becomes he wins. A, the zookeeper yeah and so and peevely of course is Smart enough to realize, like, yeah, this isn't a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a thing. And Botch's like, oh, oh, Mister Peevely. He's like, no, it's fine, Botch. Just watch what happens. Yeah. And they, at that point, he just kind of like lets it go. And yeah. turns out running a zoo is harder than yeah. Hair thought. <laughs> Within twenty four hours, Hair Bear is like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then he realizes that. So I mean, his scheme failed, but right. the ensuing hijinks is then is that he's on to that. He knows that. Realizes that Peevy knows that. He has, yeah. He's not really the the superintendent or yeah. the, the the zookeeper, and so then he tries to play it off, you know, kind of, and it's like this little cat and mouse back and forth. Yeah. But again, yeah, that like not everything works, nope. and yeah, you know, he's not he as smart as he is. He's not the smartest, yeah, person on the cartoon at, at given sure. points. And yeah. well, I I identified with hair in that one because you know I worked at the National Mississippi River Museum and Aquarium for a long time in Dubuque. I would always tease the animal care people I'm like we should get a panda or a koala or something you know because i was a marketing director I'm like that would be amazing this wouldn't that be great you know to have something like that 
And the director of animal husbandry looked at me and said, John, if we get a panda, we won't need a marketing director. And I said, oh, that's a bad <laughs> idea then. <laughs> so when Hair Bear pulled off that raffle idea, I'm like, oh, that seems familiar <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, here I would think that your, your response would be like, well, just make sure the panda is dumb enough that he can't be marketing director. Exactly. <laughs> When's the last time you saw a panda type? <laughs> Pandas don't know anything about <laughs> typing. They're fat and lazy. Come yeah. on. <laughs> They'd eat you out of house and home. <laughs> so, yeah, let's uh, maybe do good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we've touched on a lot of it, but I mean, I thought I, I was really impressed with the animation in this, especially mm-hmm. with the, yeah. the some of the knock on Hanna-Barbera, especially through the 70s, because they're cranking out so much content. Yeah, some of not, again, not everything was great. Not everything was no. necessarily good. Right. Um, and but this was they clearly put an A team on this one. Yeah. Really, it looked really sharp. The the colors popped and added with some really great voice work and mm-hmm. some yeah very clever and distinct yeah. storylines. I mean, I thought it just and they yeah. used that technique from Scooby Doo where only the part that was moving needed to be redrawn. Mm-hmm. You know, so they all had like a line on their neck or something that where. If they were talking, they were just redrawing the head and not the entire body, which mm-hmm. made production a little easier. So I recognized that Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. trick throughout, and they used it well. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. The animation was was great, and um, the colors were really good and consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a well done cartoon. Yeah, and it and it, it the animation I think holds up really well now. I mean, it looks. Like I said, it looks really clean, mm-hmm. and it looks it has a very modern, not a modern style, but just like in terms of it's not grainy, it's not. I mean, it's just yeah. it just looks really nice, right? And uh, and and actually, it helps that a lot of like you know, a lot of the jokes actually hold landed up. effectively. Yeah, and they hold up. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's not, not a small thing, cause, uh, given some of the shows we've watched. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we've we've learned how difficult it can be. <laughs> Yeah, um, for me, the good for me was that just how entertaining it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it never got stale for me. Um, I always looked forward to, okay, what kind of scheme are they going to use this time? And then when they launched their plan, I'm like, okay, how is this going to fail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going to go wrong that they're just going to want to go back into their cave? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed that part of it, that it was well written and, and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just just clever, just a, yeah. just a just a good solid cartoon. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yep. So with that good, what 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 bad did you find? Um, the bad, it, I felt like it was you know it was hard for me to ignore the fact that this was kind of a ripoff of the Yogi Bear show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was built off of that. You know, I was able to get past that, but in the back of my head the whole time, like this is the recycled plot of Yogi Bear. Except for trying to steal picnic basket, <laughs> they're trying to escape the zoo. Yeah. Um, and the ranger is peevely, and you know, um, and even the same voice <laughs> made it harder to ignore that this was really based on Yogi Bear. Mm-hmm. So if I had, you know, find something bad, that was it. Yeah, I think the only thing that uh, the two things I guess I did mention, you know, Booby's voice at times like all right, I'm kind of I'm kind of over this. Uh-huh. But I mean, when it when it was effective it kind of really helped drive the, the plot or kind of push the story along I, I was fine with it but there are times where he's just kind of 
This seems unnecessary. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go through this kind of kind of gibberish dialogue yeah. Are right you now. filling like, stuff? Yeah, yeah, this isn't really working so oh, well sure. for me yeah. in, in this instance. But, I mean, it's few and far between. It was, it mm-hmm. was yeah, more often than not, it, I thought they used it effectively. Yeah. The other thing was there's maybe one or two episodes that felt like they were thin. Like all right, oh. we're kind of we're kind of stretching this one. Yeah. So in those instances, sure. it may like the the one with uh, Arnie the Arnie the gorilla in love with Gloria. Oh yeah. If they cut that in half, do an eleven minute episode, do two eleven minute episodes, do mm-hmm. a different storyline for the second half. Yeah. That thing that you know yeah that plot wasn't brevity to fill a hole. brevity would have sold that would made that one work really well. Yeah. So I mean, one or two episodes if they had kind of just. Just trimmed them a little bit and just you know done those like kind of quicker more that again more that Yogi Bear works. Yogi Bear is about seven minutes each. Right. Go a little bit longer. Go eleven minutes and eleven minute, and then you've got your full twenty-two minute episode and yeah. you move on. Right. So I thought, but again, it's kind of, it's it's ultimately a minor quibble because I mean even even though they felt stretched, they're still entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. and and there's only what two episodes probably that that. When I go back and look at it, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll watch but, it. But, yeah. I agree with you. I think it was sometimes that they were a little, not. I don't want to say stale, but yeah, I guess thin is the right word that mm-hmm. you used. Um, and some of them were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it made me overlook these other ones. Like, yeah. okay, this one isn't as great, but yeah. I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. Because you know, they've done some good ones and there's mm-hmm. going to be more good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the ugly, I... If that panda would have talked, <laughs> that would have been it. John would have thrown his TV out the window and it would have been the end of it. This team panda. I'm done with this podcast. Yeah, I'm done with this. And we're not watching Pandemonium. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, it was just good, wholesome entertainment. I mean, there yeah. wasn't even any, um, you know implied adult situations there was nothing like that there was Mm -hmm. no real violence it wasn't even slapstick violence i mean it was just fun yeah and you didn't even have the you know the um casual bigotry that was still around in (laughs) In that time yeah that that was not uncommon Mm -hmm. um yeah there was none of that no i think it helps that you're just in a zoo yeah so you're kind of avoiding um any any other people it's just it's really sure you know a handful of humans at best yep um so it, and it's all the animals and none of them are i mean they're all just very played very straight in terms of their caricatures yeah. and yeah 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 i did not find anything really ugly which is no they did pretend what was the story the, in of itself what was the one where they went to a resort and wound up in the horse race and they entered the zebra in <laughs> the horse, race? A horse and nobody realized it was a zebra or a bear like, riding it <laughs> Um, but he got into the hotel pretending to be a Arab sheik. Yes. But when they did that, there was no none of the stereotypes of of, of an Arab or an Arab sheik. They didn't fake a voice. They didn't. No, do they anything. did nothing other yeah. than put the costume on. Yeah. You know, or change a you know change his disguise. Mm-hmm. So they went in in disguise, but there were none of the other tropes that you would expect to see right. from that time period. So they even handled that yeah. well. I thought, um, yeah, so I don't really have an ugly no, for this one. No, it, it was, it turned out to be a solid cartoon. So yeah. where would your, where would your ranking come in on a scale of one to 10 well, or, I, or zero to 10 as, zero. As, as you, as you kicked the floor off from this last episode? <laughs> I did give a 0.0. <laughs> um, if you haven't heard the, uh, Brady 
episode, go listen to it because it's fun but ugly um, <laughs> and bad. Um, yeah, I I really I want to give this. I'm going to give this one a nine because nice. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was an appropriate amount of episodes. I think if they had, like you had mentioned, if they had gone further, it would have gotten stale. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have been pushing me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the panda didn't talk. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, that's uh, two points right there. Yeah. And it reminded me of my all time favorite television show, Seinfeld, where it was just a kind of a cartoon about nothing. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. And the actors were awesome. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. So I, my, I'll, Behind the curtain, quick. My, so my cry, I have, I have like a five point criteria. Okay. Five, five different criteria that I, that I kind of when I'm looking at these. So one is flat. Is it entertaining? Mm-hmm. Is this an entertaining cartoon? This is definitely an entertaining yeah. cartoon. This worked. Yeah. Um, how was the animation? And the animation was was great. We talked about the the voice acting being great. Mm-hmm. How were the stories? Like overall story, does it work? Does yeah. it kind of yeah again it kind of ties the entertaining, but that and then rewatchability. Sure. And. The rewatchability is a hard one, especially when you're just sitting down, like as we're doing, we're just kind of plowing through a series. Right. And like yeah, episode after episode. Super binge. And I went back and rewatched about four or five of these episodes. I watched all 16 and like, you know, I want to go back and watch this one again. Yeah. Like I, I want to watch. Fun. Yeah. So there's like four or five I went back and like that. Yeah. Again. So I ended up coming up with like my, my total being eight. Eight. Yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, and I, I debated, I debated a nine. Like, do I go to yeah. five? Do I go up to nine? And like, you know, I kind of, when I kind of look at my scale, like, no, this is a good, this is a good solid cartoon. Yeah. Well, I also think there's a bounce effect from how bad <laughs> our last cartoon was <laughs> to see something good. It's like, oh, maybe they get a little boost because comparing it to that, comparing it to the Brady kids, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, this and, is fun. And we didn't mention, so, I mean, I, I did mention the, um, the, the opening song I think that yeah when, cool. when you've got a, a, an opening song like yeah that works I, I'm willing to sit through that every time where the Brady kids I'm like oh my it's, it's yeah. just like nails on a chalkboard yep. just seeing the pictures pop up even yeah. if you only listen to skip it skip 30 seconds skip yeah. 30 seconds uh, and then uh, or, or the Hulk Hogan where the only the only reason it's good is because you're watching people fight it on the concrete <laughs> <laughs> Every and time you just as you're taking a drink of water yeah. that was perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, I watched the the Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling intro just to see that lady yes. fall down. Yeah, that was every, every time. Yeah. I didn't care about the rest of it, but just like watching people bite it on as they're chasing after Hulk Hogan. That's not the reason you want that. No, no, no watch it for all the wrong reasons. This hair bear is a really good. It's a the really theme good song. Awesome. It's a good theme song. Good intro. Yep. And yeah, I, I just really liked that. Um, and, and the ones that we watch also, I didn't realize that um, they had bumpers for their commercials. Oh, yeah. So, like, it was always, like, they had actually animated, like, these little 15-second mm-hmm. bumpers. Kind of like, oh, we'll be right back after yeah. these. And, like, hey, we're back for there. It was just kind of, you know, just well, silly little things. Booby would, they... would talk in gibberish yeah. and Square would go, what do you say? And Harry's like, he said there's more fun and adventure right <laughs> after this. <laughs> so, yeah, just, like, that was, like, a nice little touch, too. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I, to make it just a little bit nicer than, right. than anything else. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I thought it was a good. That was a. It was a good cartoon. Yeah, so that's a I strong agree. eight. Yeah, it was so, good. Um, unfortunately, anybody who's listening and wants to watch it, it's right now. The only place that you and I could find it was on a DVD set, right? That Hanna Barbera has released, and it is still available. You can yeah. you can find it online. Oh, um, can you? Yeah, yeah, and and you can buy I think episodes through the iTunes store as well. Or okay, you, or you can buy the DVD set. Yeah, and the but, quality of the DVD was good. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It, it it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 
Great. So what do we have next? Next, we jump ahead 10 years into the 80s and we get back into the greeting card company uh, oh. craze and we take a look at the shirt tails. Shirt tails. Fun. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that will be uh, hopefully better than the last greeting card one we went through. So, <laughs> Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for, uh, for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.